Hello, my name is Emily Forstall, and you are listening to Beyond the Pages, a three-part series where we will dive into the inspiration and unique characteristics behind famous works of literature. For this episode of Beyond the Pages, we will be exploring the work of Stephen King, a well-known author of many thrillers that we all know and love. So turn on a light and try not to freak as we undercover the true tales behind King's horrifying works of literature. Stephen Edwin King was born in Portland, Maine on September 21, 1947. He graduated from the University of Maine with an English degree in 1970. In school, he wrote for the school newspaper as well as the student government and even published his first short story in Starting Mystery Stories. After graduating college, he worked as an English professor at Hampton Academy and married Tabitha Spruce in 1971. In 1973, King sold his very first novel. Carrie was a story about a young girl who was bullied and sought revenge on her bullies. The book was a huge success, which allowed King to retire from the dusty textbooks and devote his time to writing. King was hammering out book after book. He began to worry that people would become skeptical of an author who published more than one book a year. So he began to write under the pseudonym of Richard Bachman. The inspiration for this new name came from two different places a book he had sitting on his desk written by Richard Stark, and a song playing that was sung by Bachman Turner Overdrive. Under the pseudonym, King often wrote books based off of his original novels, even making fun of his own work. He won the National Medal of Arts in 2015. King has three children, Naomi, Owen, and Joseph. Naomi, ironically, is a reverend, while Owen and Joseph follow in their father's footsteps as writers. King also plays guitar and sings in a band called Rock Bottom Remainders. The other members of the band are Dave Barry, Barbara Kingsolver, and Amy Tan, fellow writers. They often play for charity events. I often find myself wondering how authors come up with the ideas for their stories. In the case of Stephen King, I am even more curious. How does one come up with such creepy content? If you don't know about the award-winning movie It, then you've been living under a rock. This chilling tale is based on the book written by Stephen King. It features a clown who lures and kills children. In this specific novel, the clown seems to be glued to a certain group of children and follows them through their childhood as they grow into adults. The idea for this novel must have come to King in a nightmare, right? Wrong. It was more of a bunny trail of thought. The kinetic connected the adult section and children's section with a corridor. So in order for children to cross over to adult stories, they must first cross through the corridor. What if a child must risk crossing the Troll's Bridge in order to become an adult? Finally, in 1981, after another six months of putting the idea off, King finally wrote his novel. In his own words, I realized that I had to write about the Troll under the bridge or leave him, it, forever. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping for some creepy tale about a plot that came to King in his nightmares. Or maybe the story is based on real-life events or folklore. But nope, King just combined random bits of his life together to create this creepy tale. Come on, King. Maybe another novel he wrote has a creepier backstory? Let's find out. The Shining has to be the go-to first-timer horror film. It's not quite scary enough to cause nightmares, but one still finds themselves jumping through the movie. The story takes place in a hotel, known to have a supernatural background, as it, and as it seems to happen in every ghost story, a new family moves right on in, with no concern about the rumors that surround the place. 
As the story unfolds, the family soon learns that being in the hotel will only end in their deaths. There's no way that King just came up with this story on a spur, right? Something crazy must have happened. King's inspiration came to him in 1974 when he was staying at the Hotel Stanley in Estes Park. The hotel had that typical structure that makes all the guests believe the place is haunted, and for the King family, it was even more creepy. That night, they were the only guests at the hotel. In the words of King, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the quarters, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. King was shaken from his nightmare and couldn't bring himself to fall back asleep. That night, I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in the chair looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of the story firmly set in my mind. Finally, an idea that at least came after a nightmare about... Wait, did he say a fire hose? He got a creepy ghost story from a fire hose? What's up with this guy? First a bridge in the middle of nowhere and then a fire hose? King, you can do better. Let's give him one last chance to redeem himself, shall we? Pet Cemetery is a book King wrote about a family who dies and then comes back to life. It kind of gives off zombie vibes, but without the whole brain-eating thing, you know? Anyway, King wrote this book based on an actual pet cemetery. When King and his family lived in Orrington, Maine, their house was right next to a busy truck route. Animals were constantly becoming roadkill on the street, so the neighborhood established a small little area to bury the animals. One day, King's daughter's cat got hit on the road, and King had the heart-aching task of not only burying the cat, but to also break the news to his daughter. A couple times, King even had to pull his son away from the road so he wouldn't get hit. This got him thinking about what would happen if a child were hit on that road. What if that child had died? What if that child had come back? And then boom, Pet Cemetery was born in its, all its gruesome glory. Now, this story at least has the beginnings of what could have been a true story but I'm still left slightly disappointed. I wanted unexplainable circumstances, mysterious findings, or even just spooky nightmares. But it is interesting to see that all those creepy tales that King is famous for are just that, tales. It does make me wonder though, if it's not the books and stories that are crazy, does that mean King is? Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Pages. Coming up in the next and final episode, Edgar Allan Poe, a poet we've all had to read about at some point in our lives. What stories lie behind all those lines of gloomy mystery? Tune in next time to find out. This has been Emily Forstall. See you next time. <music>